is Check Up Channel by the Health Forum. Hey everyone, I'm AJ Titong and I'm Lauren Tongan and we're from the Asian and Pacific Islander American Health Forum, otherwise known as the Health Forum. We're very excited to launch our new podcast, Check Up, Check In. So why Check Up, Check In? Well, AJ and I are both Filipina American, so we love slash love to hate a good pun. It's part of our heritage, but we're also riffing here on doctor's checkups and how through this podcast, we want you to keep checking up and checking in on health issues that impact our communities. And for us, what's missing from mainstream news coverage and heavy policy debates are the stories of real people. If you listen to Check Up, Check In, you'll get the TLDR on federal health policies, hear community stories you've never heard before, get hella woke, and hopefully laugh. And to be honest, you'll also probably hear a lot about spam, ice cream, matcha green tea, and just food in general. We know you love food. We do too. Anyways, in our first episode of Check Up, Check In, we'll trace federal dollars from the CDC to a Sikh and a Korean organization in New York. They're holding blood pressure screenings in churches and gurdwaras, swapping white rice for brown rice, and just generally getting creative to improve health. After that, we get to sit down with a longtime champion of improving health by bringing resources to communities of color. Representative Barbara Lee is from California's 13th district, which is our district here in Oakland, the home of our podcast. Together, these stories will give you a picture of how communities use federal dollars to improve health equity. So stay tuned. Check up, check in. Our first ever guest on this podcast is Ruja Kabate, Associate Director at United Sikhs in Queens, New York. Lauren and I got a chance to chat with Ruja about how her organization is working to improve health outcomes for the Sikh community. They take general PSA-style health messages and make them culturally relevant for Sikhs, like through food. So meet Rucha. She's pretty awesome. Reach Far program focuses on encouraging community members to make healthy lifestyle choices. We're trying to get more community organizations involved, whether they are restaurants or grocery stores or faith-based organizations. And, and we're trying to do this by increasing access to healthy foods, to materials that are culturally tailored and are, are in language, are culturally competent, and really to build capacity in the community to start talking about cardiovascular health more proactively in, in the sense of what we can do at a community level. For people who might not understand or might not ever have heard the term, you know, culturally specific health interventions, what is culturally specific work in the health field and why is it important? Culturally specific interventions are when evidence-based strategies are tailored in a way that makes most sense for the communities in which they're implemented. So it's like things that have been proven on a larger scale to work are being implemented with a certain community in mind. I think the easiest example that I give is that of the plate method. As a nutrition coaching strategy, it's proven to be very effective. In our communities, it is a very easy way to talk about nutrition and, and healthy eating habits. However, sometimes the examples that exist, the foods are not relevant for our community because our community doesn't eat like that. So can you just give us a little context about what the plate method is? It's as simple as taking a nine inch plate and dividing half your plate 
and filling that with fruits and vegetables, taking a fourth of the plate and uh, putting protein in it and a fourth of the plate is carbs. Drink water with your food and maybe have some dairy on the side, uh, fruit as dessert, etc. So there's a simple strategies to encourage healthy eating without it making it too burdensome or cumbersome for folks to to practice on a daily basis. When organizations or institutions are like, isn't it enough just to translate it in language and we're you know, constantly hearing from community-based organizations who have to advocate and say, no, it's not just about language, it's about making it make sense culturally or with our values or with our food. So not only do we translate the material into Punjabi, but we also tailor the foods to make most sense for the for what the community eats. So for example, instead of using bread as an example, we use roti or flatbreads that the Indian community eats. And when it's depicted in pictures, it looks like the kind of food that, that the Indian community, and specifically even within the Indian community, the North Indian community eats. So for listeners and for our understanding, can you just tell us a little bit more like the details of how the Reach Far program actually works in the community? I, I know that the goals are to prevent cardiovascular disease. How does the program work? We work with Sikh houses of worship. They're called Gurdwaras. We're working with a restaurant and we're working with two grocery stores all in the greater New York area to implement specific strategies to promote heart healthy options. So at each of these locations, Gurdwara, restaurants, grocery stores, there are different strategies that come into play. So there is a, you could pronounce it as Sikh, you can pronounce it as Sikh. I, I don't mind either ways. Because I work in healthcare, a lot of times I refrain from talking, I refrain from saying Sikh because a lot of people think it's Sikh as an unwell. And yeah, so I tend to say Sikh, but a lot of people will say that Sikh in Punjabi, Sikh is the right way to say it. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a smaller I, not the double E sound. So either one's accepted. Either, either one's accepted. Great. So at Gurdwaras, we focus on working with community members and leadership to promote healthy options for longer. Langar is a free vegetarian communal meal that is prepared and served by volunteers. It emphasizes the Sikh values of service and of humility, of giving back to the community. So we're promoting low-fat dairy, fresh fruits and vegetables, whole grains, low-salt condiments, etc. Why isn't just general federal funding enough? Why do federal dollars need to keep coming toward community-based or culturally specific interventions? Culturally tailored programs that promote prevention are known to promote behavior change and self-efficacy while they're reaching this particular section of the community, which otherwise they may not be able to reach through, through regular messaging. And I think that's why it's really important that funding keeps flowing to community-based organizations because really we have the capacity and the the reach in the community to be able to deliver this information and to take information back and talk about the the, the needs of the community in in a most proactive manner. If federal funding stopped coming through the CDC, how would that affect the the health education programs at your organization? As part of Reach Far, project partners have reached over 
1.1 million Asian American community members wow. through 59 sites. Uh, when you add social and ethnic media, Project Partners have reached over 37 million community members. Yeah, that's incredible. And that can't happen if we don't have the federal funding. Preventive health saves community members from high economic burdens. It's cost effective. And I think when programs are culturally and linguistically competent, they lead to higher success rates. These programs are making good health accessible to all. If anything, these programs really do save lives. Okay, let's hear from another community member, Sarah Kim. She's the Director of Public Health and Research at Korean Community Services. She talks about how these federally funded programs help the Korean community in New York get healthy and stay healthy. Here's Sarah's take. What are approaches or methods that you do you take to tailor your work specifically for the Korean community services? Yeah, cultural tailoring uh, is one of the very important components in our program. When working with a faith-based organization of three churches, we use religious appropriate languages, such as uh, healthy eating for the glory of God, which was catchphrase for uh, encouraging providing healthy and less salty communal needs uh, in their churches. And secondly, we used the Ten Commandments, you know, in Old Testament or Bible. So we tailored it to Ten Commandments to prevent hypertension. And for every supplies or educational materials that we provided, uh, we emphasized community, the concept of community. For, uh, for instance, healthy heart, healthy first united Methodist church community. We added community. So because we found that uh, Koreans are more likely to understand that to stay healthy uh, lies on individual or family responsibility rather than community. I see. So if I'm understanding correctly, these projects were really about making them feel like they're in charge of their health and making them feel like this campaign was about them and not necessarily other organizations who are running it. Is, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, correct. Yeah. And why did you decide that emphasizing the community aspect was going to be effective in reaching the Korean community? Prior to this Rich Far project, uh, we had, we KCS had the experience, we realized that uh, most Koreans, most most Korean residents, they are more individual concept, more family concept, not community, not not churchy. So I emphasize, oh, mm -hmm. we yeah, providing uh, less salty side dishes and mixing brown rice into into white rice is good for your church members, and then uh, which finally lead to church members' health. What are some of the reasons that members of the Korean community weren't going to see a doctor before your program intervened? Yeah, number one is lack of healthcare plans. Yeah, a lack, a lack of healthcare plans. And then second... Mm -hmm. Like yeah. getting access yeah, and getting they, coverage? Yeah, do not, they gotcha. not carry any type of healthcare plans, health plans, health insurance. And then secondly, 
it's a low awareness about hypertension. Yeah. And then thirdly, they do very bu- very busy schedules. Koreans, yeah, Monday through Friday, Saturday, they do work 24. Yeah, they do very they they do work a lot. It sounds like a lot of these people who are getting help from the community members or volunteers feel like they're more comfortable in that in that church space rather than going to the hospital. Is that does that seem to be the case for some of them? Uh, when they go see his or her doctor, they are high BP, blood pressure gets higher. But in their church setting, they feel comfortable. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like I would trust my church members more than a doctor. But it seems like you're kind of, kind of like introducing how to be healthier to them in a less scary way by doing the first step of introducing them to how to get checked for their blood pressure or giving them these resources. And so that sounds really great. So I'm always thinking. Or what types of approaches, what strategy would be doable, feasible to to accomplish to prevent disease uh, for our community? I'm hearing common themes from Rucha and Sarah. Culturally specific strategies in public health programs change people's behaviors around health. Yep, there's something about meeting communities where they're at and bringing health to them. It's also important to note that when these programs are tailored specifically to Asian Asian Americans and Native Hawaiians and Pacific Islander communities, especially first-generation immigrants, we're making health and healthcare in general less scary and daunting. Yeah, they actually give you real tools to use, like those plate portions and recipe adaptations. Speaking of things getting real, let's hear from Representative Barbara Lee about REACH funding. Now, it's been a few weeks since we've recorded this interview, and one update is that as of October 2017, in the official draft of the budget, the REACH program featured in this episode has been defunded. Congress has to finalize a funding deal by December, where it could be re-included. But just keep that in mind when you hear what she has to say. So our first question for you is, from your vantage point as a member of Congress, why is federal money needed for addressing health disparities in underserved communities? Well, thank you very much. Uh, we know that there are health disparities in communities of color, specifically in the AAPI community. And our federal tax dollars should go to addressing many of these disparities. One of the efforts that I've been engaged in, and I do co-chair the health task force for the Congressional Asian Pacific American Caucus. I co-chaired with Congressman Dr. Ami Berra. And one of the efforts that we've been mounting is to try to just this year, for example, restore the funding, and I had an amendment to do that, that would fund the racial and ethnic approaches to community health, which is the only program that emphasizes prevention. But once again, this administration has just, for the most part, zeroed it out. But also we need to increase funding for community clinics, which in my district, of course, we have some phenomenal community clinics serving the AAPI community. But we also need to uh, fund the Minority AIDS Initiative. We need to fund the Prevention and Public Health Fund. I mean, all of our healthcare programs should be federally funded. Can you talk about the unique value and importance of the CBC's REACH program to address health disparities? 
Yes, uh, the REACH program is extremely important because it's a CDC program that really prioritizes uh, prevention. And when you look at the huge disparities in, in diabetes and hepatitis, viral hepatitis and other, other uh, diseases in the API community, this program actually helps prevent these diseases and really is a very effective program that ensures that we close the gaps in healthcare. And so we're trying hard to restore the funding and it's really a shame and disgrace that this president has decided to cut the funding for the REACH program. I, I wanna just mention um, the KPAC, the Asian Pacific American Congressional Caucus's health agenda real quickly because I've co-chaired the KPAC health task force for many years and you can be really proud of what uh, Judy Chu as chair is doing mm -hmm. and what we're doing under the task force. And the major goals are to eliminate health disparities. We want the data, we want to disaggregate the data and uh, improve data collection. We want to prioritize prevention in public health. We want to focus on, and we are focusing on, environmental justice as a public health issue. And we want to make sure there's linguistically and culturally competent health care. These are some of the goals of the task force, which we're working on uh, together. And I just want to salute Congresswoman Judy Chu and Congressman Ami Berra, you know, for really their hard work. And it's been a privilege to continue to work with them on this task force. Great. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you wanted to make sure you get to say? Well, I just want to thank you all for, uh, as we say, staying woke, <laughs> because it's so important uh, now that Webster Dictionary has defined what staying woke means. And, you, and if, if you didn't see it, I hope everyone checks it out today online. Uh, and you all are an exemplary example of what it means to stay woke, and I appreciate it. Um, Lauren, I don't think I've ever received a higher compliment than Representative Lee calling us woke. Uh, yeah, not gonna lie, that was kind of the highlight of maybe my month. <laughs> Anyways, that's all for today, everyone. Thanks for listening to our very first episode of Check Up, Check In, and stay tuned for fresh new episodes. If you take one thing away from this episode, it's Representative Barbara Lee's advice. Stay woke. Check Up, Check In is a production of the Asian and Pacific Islander American Health Forum. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at APIAHF and find us on Facebook. Subscribe to our podcast, Check Up, Check In, wherever you tune in. We'd like to thank the NYU Center for the Study of Asian American Health for supporting this episode of Check Up, Check In.